0: A shade of brown. Walnut or teak? Matty or glossy? Come on, Meenu. Now that the damn thing is ready, we need to decide on the finish. Call the painters and get this carpenter out of the house. Every nail he hammers seems to be going right into my skull. Can we please end this scraping and sawing and the mess in the garage? I can't leave my car out in the summer heat. The carpenter has been squatting in my garage for too many weeks now. Ashutosh's voice was still ringing in Rinalini's ear. Her body tout with a familiar tension that always crawled up from her hands and feet and claimed the rest of her. But she had known what was really gnawing at him. It was not the carpenter or the noise he made. It was the rocking chair the carpenter was making. It was the wood he was reshaping. She recalled the flux the two of them had been in. The endless arguments and fights during the weeks that preceded her trip were still fresh in her memory. It was the same issue that had plagued their otherwise peaceful and uneventful married life. She reread the email carefully, scrutinizing every word that she had written, deliberating, pausing at the punctuation marks as she tentatively visualized Ashutosh reading it. She tried to picture him looking at the attached photographs, but she was unable to anticipate his reaction. Constant staring at the screen made her eyes water. She tapped the return key tentatively. She sighed and looked up from the iPad. Agastya, her grandson, protested. Nani, chill! You have revised your first email 13 times. It is not a legal document. Don't sweat. You are writing to Nana, not Barack Obama. And Nana will accept your first attempt even with a few typos, won't he? She was no longer sure what would live up to his expectations. But she smiled back at Agastya. You are right. But how did you know that I have a crush on the American ex-president? They exchanged high fives and laughed heartily. Malini heard her mother and her son's carefree laughter in the kitchen and wondered how Ma did it. Not only did she Effortlessly bridged the 50 years that separated them, she had built a bridge of unconditional love to cross the last 15 years of silence too. Rinalini glanced anxiously at the wall clock. Agastya, it's time for my evening prayers. You go and finish your homework. When do you think the email will reach India? Agastya hugged her. My dear Nani, it has already reached grandpa's inbox. He will read it soon and revert. You just relax. Why don't you call him on Skype? Do you really have to get into the hassle of sending emails? Are you trying to impress him with your newly acquired computer skills or is there some secret between the two of you? He chuckled, trying to make light of the situation. She smiled, understanding his intent. ''I don't have to tell you. Do you tell me what you discuss with Caroline at school?'' Renalini turned away and walked into the kitchen, leaving the 12-year-old Auguste shaking his head in disbelief. He followed her into the kitchen. ''But you and Nana have been married for so many decades now. Is it so difficult for you to make him understand?'' Malini glared at Agastya. Young man, you better return to your books. I would like to see that essay completed in twenty minutes, please. Agastya protested but left for his room. An invisible shadow fell over face as she looked out of the window at the old baobab tree that stood in the distance. It was an imposing presence in the vast, open fields at the back of her daughter's house in Losaka. Ma, there are so many beobab trees like this one in Zambia. Some say this one has been here for more than 500 years. Do you know, a community of local women harvest the beobab trees and it pays the school fee of their children? Malani had told her bemused mother when she had arrived renalini had seen the tree lose its leaves gradually in the past few weeks. In a way, it was good because her view of the rising sun was no longer obstructed and she could enjoy the rare luxury of performing a Surya Puja. It was the start of the dry season. Falling leaves brought a festivity of hues and colour. Yet, Brenalini felt sad for the baobab. The fall of leaves left the tree utterly silent when the wind rushed through it. It reminded her of the silence that had grown viscous between her and Ashutosh, making the air impenetrable for their voices. Words had shed between them in an endless season of fall. Almost all were gone. The baobab was a constant reminder of the bareness of their relationship. The carpet of dry leaves that slowly changed colour to various shades of brown kept reminding her of their last argument. The conflict that had stood resolutely for the last fifteen years had taken deep, firm roots, like this upside-down peop tree that grew deeper beneath the surface than above the ground. She wished the tree away from her view. But it stood as firm as it had for the last half a century. Mrinalini looked away and focused on her daughter who was expecting her second child. She had called to give Mrinalini the news over the phone a month back. She noticed how her daughter's well-defined eyebrows made a gentle descent down the bridge of her pointed nose, but left the promise of meeting each other unfulfilled. I love the way you have decorated your house, Malini. The little temple at its heart, the front lawn and I noticed the rooms are all planned according to Vastu. What I like most is the quaint front porch where vines and fragrant flowers politely defy gravity and murmur prayers to the morning sun. Malini smiled back because she had anticipated this. She had longed for her mother to see how her love for gardening had blossomed like a legacy in her daughter's soul. She wanted to hug her and tell her how much she had missed her. But 15 years is a huge void to fill, no matter how overwhelming the mutual affection. It had taken her a week to believe that her mother was actually there in her house and another week to fill the void of the missing years. Malini and her husband Anirban had worked hard to find a firm footing in Zambia. He was an environmental activist and she headed finance for a growing construction firm. The moment they had stepped on the soil of this country more than a decade ago, they had known that they had come home. It had taken several harsh years of labor and love to build a life in Lusaka. Rinalini rang the miniature bells in the temple room. Malini smiled and joined her in the evening prayer, letting her mother read the aarti, Her skin glowing in the light of the diyas and the thali. The concerto hit a crescendo and finished playing on the Bose system. Ashutosh opened his eyes when silence reclaimed his house. He heard the recording again but it failed to drown the silence. He debated over having a third drink, but decided against it. The walls seemed to rush in, eager to fill the emptiness around him with a familiar claustrophobic feeling. He put the empty crystal glass down with some effort. The involuntary shaking of his hands had worsened over the last year. He could not dream of compromising on the ceremony of drinking his single malt in a fine crystal glass. The clanking sound of ice against the walls of the glass and a Chopin piano concerto is all I like to hear after eight in the evening. Achyatosh reflected on his oft-made statement as he held the arms of the rocking chair to get up. Tonight, Chopin's brilliance and the pianist's performance were least amusing to his ears. Ears have a mood of their own. He cursed and felt the coarseness of the unfinished wood. It was harsh against his trembling palm, echoing a feel of the sandpaper the carpenter had scraped it with. It reminded him of the inconclusive argument about the chair he'd had with Mrenalini before she left for Africa. Whisky helped him to dilute the rest of the memories. Walnut or teak finish, glossy or matte. The debate over the finish of the chair had been a long-drawn battle. He hated the fact that it had ended with Mrinalini leaving him with the final decision. Off late, arguments had been the main channel of communication. Most needs were met with gestures and hints. Ashutosh's retirement had opened up so many new debates over issues that had never mattered or occurred to him while he was still working. They had argued endlessly over choice of the dinner menu, the cereal and the fruit, the colour of curtains and bedspreads, the books they bought and how they were to be stacked, the television shows to be watched, the list went on. Mrenalini disentangled herself from the discussion too soon and he was bitter about that too. He was desperate to fill the house with some conversation while she preferred the convenience of withdrawal. Rinalini had boarded the flight to Lusaka the previous month. Amongst other things, his inertness and indifference towards what actually mattered upset her but she knew it was wiser not to react. Not when she needed to muster all her courage and go to be with Malini. Ashutosh had tossed and turned in bed. He had mulled over it while the carpenter carefully dismantled their daughter's old baby cot and turned it into a rocking chair. He had avoided the decision for many years. Nephews and nieces and neighbors had asked for the beautiful cot for their infants. You don't need it. Your only daughter is grown up and gone now. Why are you cramping space in the garage with something that has no utility in the house? Ashutosh had taken a serious offense to his sister's remark when she had wanted the cot for her own grandson. Then Malini had called and the fate of the cart was sealed. He had been reading the newspaper when the phone had rung. He had uttered an awkward, hello, passed the receiver on to Mrenalini and had gone back to the newspaper, his ears straining to tune in to the conversation. Mrenalini had hung up and told him that Malini was expecting her second child. He could sense the excitement in Rinalini's voice, but his own face had remained impassive. He had summoned the carpenter the next day. I'm getting old and I need a rocking chair, was the only explanation he had given Rinalini. Rinalini had quietly gone about executing the decision she had taken that day. She had stocked the kitchen and the medicine closet, instructed the staff and the neighbours, told her travel agent nephew to organize the ticket and visa and then calmly informed him. This time I won't leave my daughter alone and she had stood her ground. They spoke little till she took off in a plane the following week. The light from the television was staining his blank face with a kaleidoscope of shifting color as Ashutosh got up to turn it off. He realized he had no longer been watching it. There was a gentle buzz and his mobile screen lit up with an email alert. He lowered his eyes to peer through the inverted half moon of his bifocals. He muttered with anger. It has been two weeks and not a single call. She is just calling the neighbors to spy on me and report to her. It is not the same as asking me if I'm dead or alive. Now, it seems Minu has suddenly turned tech-savvy. Why should I open this email when the stubborn woman has not bothered to speak to me even once in two weeks? He was more perturbed by the intriguing JPEG attachment. He knew Vrinalini was testing his resolve by sending him photographs. He put the phone down and walked to the dining table. A single plate and two casseroles with insipid food cooked by the part-time maid lay waiting. He walked by, his bad knee compelling him to limp slightly. As he lay in bed listening to the clock nibbling at time, like a determined mouse working its way through something invaluable tucked in the cupboard, He ran his hands over Mrinalini's side of the bed, hoping to find a trace of her. There was not even a crease on the bedsheet. What he found instead was a deep stain of her voice on the canvas of his mind. Don't forget to take your pills at night. He opened the bedside drawer and popped a mouthful of medicines from the compartmentalized box. Each bill that travelled the downpipes of his body reconfirmed his obedience to her. He barely got any rest that night. The unread email and its attached pictures kept lighting the screen of his wakened mind. It was five in the morning when he went to the park for his daily stroll. He felt the phone in his pocket. The unread email made it way more than usual. He shook his head, trying to disapprove of this thought. The sky was still reluctant to let go of the night's velvet and needed to be coaxed into the peach promise of a new day. Brinalini's voice fell like a warm shawl around his shoulders. Don't go very early. Wait for daybreak and make sure you go with Mr. Gupta for your walk. Remember to keep the pump with you. The pull in the park is not good for you at all. For a while, all Ashutosh could hear was the chirping of birds and the click of his walking stick on the tiled path. Twenty minutes later, as he sat down on his favorite bench by the flower beds, Rishabh jogged past him. He stopped, turned back and walked up to him. He touched Ashutosh's feet and said, Uncle? I've been meaning to ask you, where is auntie these days? I haven't seen her doing her usual brisk walk. Ashutosh acknowledged his uh, respectful greeting and contemplated before speaking. Oh, she is visiting some relatives abroad. But what brisk walks are you talking about? We both walk at this slow pace. In fact, she used to trail behind and I had to tell her to catch up. Rishab interjected. Uncle, I think she used to walk slowly because of your bad knee. But after you left for home, she would walk five more rounds at a very brisk pace. Actually, my wife used to join her and always found auntie to be wonderful company. Do convey our regards when you speak to her. Tell her, Shalini, my wife misses her. Rishab yelled as he moved further on along the jogging track. Waving goodbye, Ashutosh Saw an image of Renalini walking briskly while he hobbled, holding his bad knee, trying to catch up with her. He decided to return home, barely acknowledging the members of the laughter club as he passed them. He went past the front lawn and the half-tire swing that he had never found the courage to remove. The friends used to call it the evil eye outside the Mathur residence. He knew better. He realized he was struggling for breath. He squinted his eyes against the sun, reached for the inhaler in his pocket, and took deep puffs. He could swear he saw Malini in her beige frock, her pigtails flying in the air, and as she giggled on the half-tire swing, "Pa, please paint the tire white. I want to swing on the half-moon and she had given him a smile that he always found irresistible. Ashutosh inhaled deeply and welcomed Malini's fragrance. He remembered it precisely and could summon it to his senses at will. The half-moon swing waited patiently, indifferent to the occasional yelp of a stray cat. Ashutosh walked past the garage door, A few wood shavings sat curled up beneath the car, like a child playing hide-and-seek. The sweeper must have missed them, Ashutosh thought. He wanted to bend down and pick them up, but his knee would not allow it. He suddenly felt an urge to touch them. A shaving from Malini's cot was a piece of memory. He strained and picked up a curl and then sat on a chair in the lawn, gasping for air and reminiscing. Ashutosh, this is such a lovely cot. Where did you find it? But the baby is not due for another 12 weeks. What was the hurry, darling? Rinalini had embraced him when he had gently wheeled it into the house 36 years ago. Ashutosh recalled the sound of the wheels of Malini's suitcase on the gravel driveway when she had stormed out of the house after the disagreement. A brilliant MBA from IIM can't marry a khadi weaving environmental conservationist from Kolkata. What are you going to do in godforsaken country in Africa, Zambia or Zimbabwe or whatever it's called? He kept shouting but the headstrong girl had already walked out of the gate. Malini had Inherited his obstinacy And Ashutosh knew She won't turn back She didn't He had always Taken pride in his daughter She was special A genius Destined for great things He was never able to reconcile With the idea of his daughter Frittering away A promising career for love Although He had done the same He sat there Feeling helpless And defeated he needed someone to hold him. He reached for the mobile in his pocket and tapped on the read button to open the email. He was careful not to miss any detail. He read slowly, soaking it all in, visualizing and holding on to every word. Dear Ashu, don't be surprised. It's me, Renalini. Agastya has created my email account and now I can write to you. I've sent you his picture. He's such a fine boy. He has inherited Malini's looks. Malini and Anirban are well. Malini's baby is still six weeks away. Ashu, she does not say it, but she misses you. How long will you hold it against her and yourself? I've realized we've denied our only child the last 15 years of love. I will not accuse you. I was party to it by not standing up to you earlier. No, I'm not angry or disappointed anymore. In fact, I've made tremendous peace with life here. I've been thinking about us too. Resigning ourselves to a convenient silence was wrong. We should have talked more through the banality of our routines. We should have held each other more often. Ashu, book a ticket and come here. Let go of the past, I beg you. You know, I can't believe I'm finally in Africa. The flight was not as difficult as I had thought. And Mr. Desai's nephew did come to check on me during the flight and after we landed. I know you had told him to fly the same day. He's a good soul. God bless him. Do thank the Thais for their kindness when you meet them next. Ashu, this place is heaven. Rivers plunge into waterfalls here, making rainbows and lakes that quench all thirst. It is prettier than any of my words can describe or pictures can capture. Surya Puja is a divine experience here. There is a massive baobab tree near the house. They tell me it grows to hundreds of feet. But what I like about it is that it is called the upside down tree because it grows even deeper into the ground. It has been losing its leaves rapidly in the dry season and a carpet of walnut-hued leaves is forming at its feet. It is the same walnut colour that I had suggested for polishing the rocking chair. What have you decided? Ashu, I have been repenting. Why did I wait all these years and why are you still waiting? But then, if you decide to come too, who would take care of the house? That reminds me, I hope you are locking up carefully at night. Tell the Srivastavas to check your door once from the outside at night. Don't hesitate because Alok and Devya had themselves offered to do it. Does the maid come in daily to clean up? Have you reminded Kishan to deliver your medicines for the next month? The electricity bill is under the magnet on the refrigerator. Have you paid it? Are you going for your walk every day? Remember not more than two drinks. You promised me. And Ashu, reply soon. Write to Malini once, or better still. Just speak to her for two minutes. May Thakurji be with you. Write back soon, Renalini. Ashutosh put the phone away after reading Renalini's email a seventh time. The screen dimmed gradually into darkness and he closed his eyes. Rinalini's words lingered like honey. He looked forward to replying to the mail. The great pot of green tea that he drank every morning was almost empty. Next morning, the half-folded newspaper fluttered under the ceiling fan. Ashutosh eased into the sofa and pondered. A cursor blinked on his laptop, gently prodding him. He was still searching for words to draft a reply to the email. Every few minutes, the laptop slipped into screensaver comatose. Ashutosh retrieved it by typing the password M-R-I-N-A-L-I-N-I. He looked towards the kitchen window and the muslin canvas danced blankly without Mrinalini's silhouette. His daily dose of medicines lay beside him in the assigned slot of the plastic box. He missed her irritating reminder. Are you still haven't had them. Your physician is not going to be happy if the blood pressure shoots up because of your negligence. I can't be around all the time to remind you. He picked up the laptop and started typing a reply. Dear Minu, Why are you not here to remind me to take my medication? And he retraced the cursor, dragging it back, hitting the delete key a number of times, till the cursor blinked on a blank page again. In a room that was occupied only by his solitude, he laughed at his own action, shook his head and started typing again. He paused to inhale the smell of fresh spirit and polish that wafted in from the garage. He typed, Dear Minu, the rocking chair is being finished in matte in a fine walnut colour, just as you wanted. I saw the photographs and